think I got the bird flu. I'm tired of selling packs. I think I need a bird or two. What's going on everybody? It is Jason Jaybird Goldstein here for another episode of the Bird's Eye View. And I feel like I've been saying this a lot. It's been a while. I just, you know, it's it's a dry time in sports where it feels like when it's the dog days of summer, really when the NFL season ends, I don't have great content for every week because NFL, NFL, my Sundays, I'm so zoned in. And I'll be honest, with the NBA... I've been open. I'm not as locked into the NBA, so I'm not going as much, as much, as much. You know, I have a plans during the week, so I'm not as locked into these other sports as I am with when it comes to the NFL, when it comes to college football. But I've been following. I still know what's going on. Like I know who's hot, who's not. I know what's going on in free agency. And really, honestly, like there's just been a lot going on in sports recently, and that's why I wanted to do an episode because just a lot to talk about. Uh, we have the Yankees, and oh. Oh boy, guys, we got a Yankee rant coming. If you all, if you want to hear a good Yankee rant, I'm also going to play. I called in the WFAN earlier this week, and I had a pretty good rant to Sal Lacan. I won't even let Sal get a word out. I'm going to play that for you guys a bit later. Talk about the All-Star Weekend, a little bit of the first half, and looking ahead of the second half. And then just, you know, some NBA stuff here and there. There's some free agency that happened. NFL... I'll see what I can touch on. There's really not much to touch on. Just waiting for training camp to start. And, yeah, let's get into it. We'll talk about something at the end. Uh, Starting off, MLB, I want to talk about the Home Run Derby. And I love this Home Run Derby. It was, like, it was very exciting, very fun to watch. I mean, Julio Rodriguez, that was absurd what he did in the first round. I mean, Adley Rutschman, too, even though he lost, him hitting the 21 home runs and then hitting, they said seven, but they only counted six home runs from the other side of the plate. Like, so cool seeing him do that as a switch hitter. Uh, I enjoy this derby a lot. But again, I still have my issues with it. Like, the derby, they need to go back to the 10-out format. I don't know why they started doing this timer format, which is so stupid. I love the 10-out format. You know, that way you hit the ball, you get to watch the home run. I'm so, I hate the two cameras, and consistently the ball gets hit. You th- you know, you're watching it land, all of a sudden it cuts back to the pitcher throwing. Like, I don't know why the MLB did that. Like, go back to the way it was. It was a lot better that way. Top four guys move on. Then the top two guys move on. Simple as that. But like I will say, it was a good derby. I thought Julio was going to win it. Yeah, that was my pick. Showed in the second round. Uh, but yeah, Vlagwero Jr., Apparently, according to ESPN, the first Cuban, the second second Cuban-born player, pretty sure he's Dominican. ESPN. That was a pretty pretty bad mess up from uh, ESPN, to be honest. Uh, I don't know how how they put that in there. Uh, Cuban-born player when he's like, I looked at that, I was like, Cuban? I thought uh, since one was like Vlad Guerrero was born in Cuba, I'm like, okay. And then I saw stuff on Twitter saying that, that was wrong. So just like pretty embarrassing for ESPN to do that, like. <laughs> They fired a bunch of people. I guess they fired some. I guess they fired a lot of their fact checkers too, and they have these crabby fact checkers now. But yeah, that was uh again. I didn't mind the derby, all star game. That was just okay. And to be honest, the all star game just hasn't been the same. Like, I get why they got rid of the home field advantage determining the all star game because it'd be so dumb that a ninety win team that one that got in through a wild card would be hosting the World Series against a team that won hundred five games. But just the All-Star game, when it used to mean something for that home field advantage, it was so damn good. So much fun to watch. Like, you would genuinely look forward to it. And look, the MLB All-Star game, still miles ahead of the NBA. Still miles ahead of the Pro Bowl. I mean, the Pro Bowl is a fucking joke. Uh, but, like, 
yeah, the, yeah, man, like, the MLB All-Star game, uh, they, need, they need to find a way to fix it. I, I don't know if, you know, I'm not sure if going back to determining home field advantage for the World Series is the right solution, but I want their way for them to be a little more entertaining. At least it is, at least I will say, it's definitely the most authentic to its sport, uh, as opposed to the Pro Bowl or the NBA All-Star game. And as not a big hockey fan, I can't speak to the NHL All-Star game. Uh, and how about, like, Elias Diaz winning All-Star Game MVP? Like, what most people probably didn't know who Elias Diaz is. You see, like, I'm just a nerd, and I look up random players in the MLB in my free time. So I knew who Elias Diaz was. I like to, you know, go on my phone, do, okay, All-Star roster predictions. Let's see who's going to get in, my predictions. And I was like, yeah, I guess Elias Diaz is going to make it because who else in the Rockies was going to? And then he, he hit the longest odds to an MVP. I, I actually I can't find it, but, like, what were his odds to an MVP? Because it had to be pretty damn good. Uh, you know, if you if you put five bucks on it, you probably could afford to skip a couple days of work. to Because there's no shot many people thought Elias Diaz is going to win MVP. A lot of people's first time hearing of him, to be honest. And, yes, yeah, talking about all-stars, lots of all-stars, good players. But now, now we're talking about a group of not all-stars, a group of L-O-E. Oh my god, I can't spell. My god, that's embarrassing. I'm not even going to try to spell the word out anymore, but they're just a group of losers. This team, a goddamn mess. Like, this team is actually so pathetic. Like, I, I, it's, they, they look, everyone on their team just looks so lost to the plate without Aaron Judge there. I, I don't get how all of a sudden one guy goes out and everybody on the team forgets how to hit, but when he's healthy, these guys can somewhat hit. It's just like. It's ridiculous how pathetic, how putrid they've been. I honestly have no idea how we're above 500 right now. Like, it is crazy that this team is above 500. Because to be honest, like, they are by far, without Aaron Judge, they are easily the worst team in the American League East. Uh, they're probably the third or fourth best team in the American League West. And, like, I don't even know if they'd win the, even if they had a whole season without Aaron Judge, they probably wouldn't even win the AL Central. Like, they are just disastrous. Everyone, Donaldson, I mean, nobody, nobody in their right mind would think Josh Donaldson could still play at MLB level. But Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman insist, oh, he can still produce at a higher level. Yeah, he only has 14 hits this year, but 10 of them are home runs. He's clearly making good contact. How do you not see what everybody else sees? He should have been DFA'd before the season. Oh my god, like, I mean, Donaldson, he is the worst. He is a bad human being. No one likes him. Like, he makes so many enemies on the baseball field. No one liked the move to begin with. He should have been, he should have been DFA'd before last season. Somehow. Somehow he's been worse this season than he's been last season. Like, it's embarrassing having this guy be your third baseman. This guy's your everyday third baseman when your payroll's $275 million. This is what you're tuning out, like... Like, forget, oh, yeah, forget also the guys who are, like, underperforming. Like, how do you have a roster that's $275 million of payroll and you're relying on the Jake Bowers, the IKFs, the Oswaldo Cabreras, the Franchi Corderos, the Willie Calhouns? I know some of those guys are hurt, but I don't understand how your payroll is that high and yet you still have to rely on these scrub players. You know why? It's poor roster construction. They put all this money in a couple guys, but they don't actually try to build a team. They just... It's, it's been the same thing with the Yankees. They don't know how to build a roster. They haven't been able to build a roster since since that core of Cano, Teixeira, A-Rod, Jeter, Granderson. Ever since that group's gone, they've had no idea how to actually construct a roster. It's been so bad to watch. Like, again, it, it, the, the problems from this year, the same problems that persisted last year, the same problems that persisted in 2021, the same problems that persisted in 2020, yet... How Steinbrenner doesn't see an issue with it. I don't know how he doesn't see an issue with it. I don't know how changes have not been made outside of Dylan Lawson's firing. Because, like, 
it just like I, I, you had the window to not bring Boone back, and you still did when Boone's clearing out the guy. Cashman wasn't re-signed. I mean, the Astros won the World Series and got a new GM. You know why? Because that GM, their previous GM didn't align with their vision. I guess our GM aligns with our vision of just not actually trying to build a winning baseball team, but stuck living in the past. We get this, guys. Yeah, if this was 2017, 2019, this roster would be unbelievable. But then they're like, oh, one good year. He had a good year five years ago. We can still unlock that. We can still unlock that. I mean, these, this ownership group, this management group, everyone is just so incompetent. Oof. Let's see. I mean, who else has been all? I mean, DJ LeMahieu has been terrible. He has been one of the worst hitters in baseball this year. Like, he literally, if Josh Allison had enough at-bats, like, I think DJ LeMahieu is the lowest, uh, is the low, has the lowest uh, way to runs created for any qualifying third baseman. And yet he's still playing a ton. And I just like, I mean, DJ, I don't know what happened to him after 2020. 2019 and 2020, he was so good. The signing was a steal. Then we re-signed him that six-year, $90 million deal. And he's, he's been awful since the entirety of the contract. He has not lived up to one time in his three years. And then the last two years has just been downright horrendous. And Stanton, too. Stanton's been awful. Like, just ever since he came back from me, like, before getting injured last year, Stanton was having an incredible season, started the All-Star game, and rightfully so. I think the way he was playing leading up to the All-Star game last year, he definitely deserved to start. Then he got injured in the All-Star game because, of course, he did. And since then, he has just been putrid. He barely hit over 200 last year. His OBP was under 300 last year. It's been the same this season. You know, the injury, I know he had the injury, but... I don't know, man. Like, I mean, he turned it around the last nine games, but... Great, we gave Stan a hot streak. Now he has to rest and probably going to go back to being cold. Like, I just don't understand, like, how all these guys just forgot how to hit. Like, even, like, Glaber. Glaber and Rizzo. Glaber and Rizzo started the season so good, so hot. It was them two. Aaron Judge helping carry the offense. It wasn't just Judge doing it all himself to begin the season. Then once Judge shot hurts, Rizzo forgets how to hit. Glaber goes back to being an average hitter. But, like, ugh, just, like, like, come on, like, Glaber... When are you going to grow, man? Like, you've been the same player since 2018. And you, excuse me, you haven't been the same player since 2018. You've actually become a worse version of yourself because 2018, 2019, you were damn incredible. And since then, you've just become an average player. Anthony Volpe, I was super high on him. Not, not out on him just yet. But I am a little worried because we've had a shitty track of player development in the past recent years. Uh... You know, they're, 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 you know, maybe they messed up his development with the call-up, and regardless, he's been better as of late since that chicken parm dinner uh, with Austin Wells, so hopefully that's a sign of things to come, a sign of the actual Anthony Volpe we're going to see. But it's also crazy to me, his minor league teammate could have figured out his hitting issues, but somehow, somehow his hitting coach couldn't. So I actually, I was listening to WFAN the other day, I usually listen to WFAN when I'm driving, and Sal is on, and he talks about that apparently Dylan Lawson's hitting philosophy was hit strikes hard. I uh, I just had some few choice words after hearing that where I had to call the WFN, so I'll, I'll play that audio for the fans. What's up, Jason? How's it going? Great. How are you? Dude, I just wanted to talk about Dylan Lawson's hitting philosophy. I mean, like, what the hell is that? You, 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 have, you have to hit a strike? Like, 
Thank you, Captain Obvious. I, I had no idea that the point of baseball was that when there's a strike being thrown, you're supposed to hit it. I mean, trust me. Well, not just hit it. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. He was never an MLB player. Like, in today's day and age, you're getting managers who are guys who are tired, like two or three, like Skip, or Skip Schumacher, not that long retired, and is already a manager. But then still, we go for this guy who never played baseball in his career. And I'm like, I, I don't understand how you're doing, how you're hiring a professional hitting coach with no major league experience. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm like five years old, and uh, I, I mean, the new guy, the new guy we got, I figured his last name, Sean something. Sean Casey, yeah. Hitter, so I do like that move. But you can just see, like, the, the mistakes with Dylan Ross. I mean, Anthony Volpe, somehow Austin Wells, his minor league teammate, is able to fix this swing. But Wallace couldn't figure that out. Like, how is he not able to figure that out that a minor league baseball player can? And Stanton in the last two years. Now, we know Stanton is a streaky hitter. He always has been. But he has just been so bad the last two years. I'm sure Wallace's approach has something to do with it. Like, if you're if you're John Carl Stanton and good stuff, Jason. Thank. Yeah, so that was a very passionate rant for me, calling it WFAN. As you can tell, I would not let Sal get a word out. I was heated when I heard that. I mean, swing swing hard at strikes. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Uh, you know, didn't didn't real. I thought I actually thought when I, when when you see a strike coming, you're supposed to just not swing at it and take it. Didn't realize the point of baseball was, this sw- was when there's a ball in the strike zone, you're supposed to swing at it. Had no idea. And yeah, like Dylan Lawson, you see the putrid offense the last two years outside of Aaron Judge. I think Lawson has something to do with it, for sure. I know, uh, you know, Sal said uh, he doesn't think that a guy like Stan's going to listen to a guy like Lawson, and that's fair. But something, something's good with Stan in the last two years because he's had cold stretches, he's had hot stretches. But, like, he's never been this, this bad and this cold. I mean, thank God we fired Dylan Lawson because that guy was a horrible hitting coach. And, and my argument about, oh, yeah, he was never an MLB player. Some people say, oh, you know, there's been hitting coaches without MLB experience. The guy just literally had no, no major league experience previously. He came from the AAA system. And I guess, you know, we had some guys in AAA hitting, but couldn't figure that out at the major league level. Like, just what a horrendous hire that was. Hopefully Sean Casey's good. This guy, he's a career 300 hitter. Seems not, you know, having a guy who played in played baseball professionally as a hitting coach, he understands the highs, the lows. He understands the, the mental aspect of it, and you know, just having been there, having been in a, a lot, having been a baseball player, you be able you're able to share those same experiences and see things from a whole different light that a guy like Lawson never can. So, hopefully this is a good hopefully this is a good hire, and hopefully he can fix our hitting woes because. I mean, it, it is like watching. It is like watching nine blind men pretty much every night attempt to play baseball. It's pathetic. It is just goddamn pathetic. And you know what? The rotation too has not been very good. I mean, outside of Garrett Cole, I mean, where the hell would this team be without Garrett Cole, man? He has been fantastic. I don't think he's lost a start yet. Any anytime the Yankees are coming off a loss previously to, but right before Garrett Cole starts, he finds a way to get it, finds a way to get us back on track. He's won a lot of games for us. He's pitched well, even with the strikeout numbers down this season. And, like, it's, like, weird because he hasn't been that strikeout, electric, dirty, his, his, as people say, his fuck you fastball where he's blowing up by you, where he's getting 10, 12 Ks a game. No, he's, the strikeout numbers are down. But, hey, he is limiting the runs. He's really not allowing home runs. So that's been big for him. The rest of the rotation sucks, though. Luis Severino, see ya, see ya, see ya. Get him out of here. I don't know why. I don't know why he's an ERA over seven. He's still in the rotation. The guy has experience coming out of the bullpen before. You know, they did this They did this with Severino when he first came up when he struggled pitching as a starter. Put him in the bullpen and help fix him. 
do that now. Like, we actually have we have some guys in the mind. Like use a use him in for a bullpen game even. Like put him in for two innings. Like use use a op- use an opener and then put him in for the second and third. Like I don't see why they're throwing Severino out there and just getting shelled when likely Herman's gonna get shelled. By the way, like Domingo Herman, what the hell? He threw a perfect game. So truth be told, you know I wasn't having the best day that day. I had some anxiety. Went to bed relatively early at like 9.30, 10 o'clock. I think I watched I watched the first or sec first two innings of the of that game, turned it off, and I woke up and missed a Herman perfect game. But like honestly, like it was like weird because I was like obviously sick that one of my pitchers got a perfect game, but also A, I was mad that I missed and slept through it. And B Herman's such a scumbag of a human being, like it had to be Herman. Because I can't stand Herman. He stinks. He's a bad person. And he's a bad, bad pitcher. He'll have those occasional games where he's on. But he's a bad, bad, bad pitcher, man. And, uh, look, I think, uh, like, oh, who else? Nestor. Nestor's been horrendous this year, too. And, look, I was, I had my fears that Nestor, was he real, was he not? Because a guy like that, his career ERA was very high. His pitching style was very unique. Had to see another year. Because, look, it was half a season in 21. He, re- he followed up a strong 22 with a couple bad stretches. Had to see it again in 23. He has not been producing. Then he got injured. We don't know how Nestor's going to be when he comes back. Uh, Clark Schmidt, actually. He's crazy that Clark Schmidt's probably been the second best guy in this rotation this season, which is crazy to say. He, he was Clark was bad. Before the season started, Clark was not even going to be in the rotation. But injuries happen, and now look at him. He has been the second best starter. Uh, Rodon, he looked good in his first start. We need Rodon. You need to be Rodon. This rotation needs you to be Rodon. And the bullpen, the bullpen's been good, but I still don't trust this bullpen because no one has set roles. Wandy's ERA is a lot better than he's pitched this season, especially against righties. Like, Wandy at this point should really only be coming in against lefties. Like, and even then against lefties, he's, he's had some control issues this year, Wandy. Uh, Ian Hamilton's been a good steal for the Yanks. Uh, trying to think of some positives here, but even Hamilton got hurt. Uh, that piece of shit Jimmy Cordero was pitching well, and then it turns out he's he's just a dirtbag of a human being and should never see a baseball field again after after everything that's everything that came out about Jimmy Cordero. That guy should be the only thing he should be seeing is the inside of a jail cell because that guy is like that's horrible, absolutely horrible. Not gonna get into details, but just just look up Jimmy Cordero if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, and then so now moving on, I think I said this. Probably my previous episode, because again, it's been a while. I think it was after April. And I said after April that I didn't think this team was making the playoffs. I saw all the issues, just all those issues in April. And I saw, we saw how the team faltered when Aaron Judge missed 10 games in April. And what, what, one thing I said, I specifically remember saying, you know, you can't, is he, how do we know Aaron Judge is going to come back and be able to play the rest of the season? For all we know, another injury happened. Sure enough, another injury did happen. And yeah, like this team, even if he comes back, I just don't think this team is talented enough outside of Aaron Judge to make a run for the playoffs. I mean, it's really just Judge and Cole who are willing this team right now. The, the, the guys, have, you know, I don't know if Stan's going to turn it around. Glaber, we know who Glaber is. Donaldson, I mean, send that guy packing. Please, DJ LeMayu, he's not going to turn it around. Like, no one in this offense is giving me confidence that they can actually turn it around. Like, maybe Stanton, maybe Rizzo, but, like, right now it's hard to have confidence in them. This team is not going to make the playoffs, I'm telling you. Like, they are so lucky they have a winning record. There's, I don't, like, you, you saw what happened to them last year in July and August in the summer as the season wore on. Then they really, when they, they were, when they, they went last year, this was a team on a 100, on a 
to beat the Mariners' record and pace and wins. Then you saw the way they struggled in the second half of last year. Those struggles have carried over to this year. I think we'll get a winning record, but I just don't. I mean, this team, they're nowhere near better than Tampa. They're nowhere near better than Baltimore. I don't think they're better than Toronto. Like, I mean, Toronto's had a lot of issues too, but, like, I don't think we're better than Toronto, to be honest. I, Toronto got, Toronto's guys give me a lot more confidence they can turn their season around. Like, especially Vlad Guerrero Jr. All it takes for him is to get going, a, like, 20% more than what he's been doing this year. He's having a okay season, down year by his standards. But, like, I trust Toronto, especially, like, Gaussman, Berrios, uh, Bassett. They've all been pitching pretty well for them. Uh, yeah, I just, I, 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 this team is not making the playoffs, man. Uh, and look, anything, I hope Hal realizes the problem. I mean, the firing of Lawson, hopefully that puts pressure, that, that wakes up a fire. It's like, oh shit, Boone's maybe not as safe as we thought. But probably not. Boone will probably come back even if we miss the playoffs. Uh, even though anything short of a World Series appearance should be a fireball offense for both Boone and Cashman. You can't do another year of failure. Because you know what? It'll probably be the same thing as last year, too, where it'd be losing in embarrassing fashion in the postseason. They got to fire him. And I don't have an immediate fix. Like, maybe trade for Bellinger. That helps get a lefty bat. Bellinger's been swinging the bat great this year. Helps left field. But like, doesn't solve our other issues. Doesn't solve that we don't have a third baseman. Doesn't solve that we have the second. Our second doesn't solve the fact that our second baseman leads all second baseman in errors. Doesn't solve the fact that our first baseman hasn't hasn't hit a home run in two months and has just looked like a show himself the last two months. Doesn't help that our uh, DH right fielder stand hit barely in the Mendoza line. Bellinger's not just going to come around and fix everybody's problems if we get him. Uh, like. Yeah, there's the pipe dreams, and this is me being, oh, yeah, a Yankee fan. Everyone, I know if you hear this, people who hate the Yankees will be like, oh, typical Yankee fan, you expect every big signing. Uh, I'd love Soto or Otani, but come on, neither's going to happen. We're going to prospect hug, we're going to prospect hug these guys, keep them in the minors for five years, ruin their development, just like we did with Davey Garcia, who is like, has an FIP over six right now, but yet Davey Garcia was this untouchable pitching prospect. And so it's either, we don't want to trade prospects, which I'm fine with, but we don't have to develop these prospects, and it's just... Sucks. Like I would at this point, I would even. I, I last year, if you asked me this question, I would have said no. At this point, I'd give two of Volpe, Peraza, or Dominguez for for Soto, and not for Otani unless we know he's resigning. Uh, like the roster construction sucks. Like even if we got a Soto and Otani, it's not going to solve our problems. You see Soto in San Diego, like that lineup is stacked, and they're still having problems. Otani doesn't solve the Angels' problems either. Uh, like I don't know, man. Like just like twenty, even twenty twenty four, like. They're not going to sign Otani in free agency. No way. They're going to get outbid. They're going to say, oh, we can't go above 290 and we're 270. I don't know. They're, they're going to make some excuse for not for not signing Otani. They'll maybe meet with him. Uh, but like really, the only guys who feel like locks for next year are, are Judge, Rizzo, both obviously under contract. I feel like the duo of Trevi and Higgy will be back. It seems like if they're going to put Austin Wells, maybe Austin Wells comes up, but it feels like they're going to go with Trevi and Higgy. Uh, you know, obviously trades could happen. I'm assuming Volpe's back and Stanton's back, uh, unless Volpe's part of a big, big trade. Stanton will be Stanton will be back. The only way I don't think Stanton does come back is if somehow we could convince the Angels to take him on and give us Otani back. Because also, like, we get Otani. What the hell are you going to do with Stanton? It's like, Stanton, Otani has to take up that DH spot. What are you going to do with that? Uh, DJ is going to be back because of his contract, and he cannot cannot be a starter next year. He has to just be utility permanently next year and not playing every day because uh, Glaber 
trade candidate. And I'm telling you, Glaber Torres, the second the second Glaber Torres leaves the Yankees, he is gonna be a great player. I'm telling you, I just think I just don't think Glaber Torres is mentally as has the right uh, mentals to be to be in New York. I just think that's I think he if he goes to Wherever he goes, whether we trade him in the offseason, whether he leaves as a free agent after the 2024 season, because I doubt he has a long-term future here, guarantee he's going to go somewhere and be a stud. Uh, let's uh, now let's see. Oh, Bader. Harrison Bader. I'm iffy on. Like, I know a lot of people want to bring him back, and Bader's been great this year, too. Like Harrison Bader, for sure, has, been, has been also been another bright spot. Even then, like... Because him and Judge, he's been he's been he's had two IL stints too this season. Once he came back from that second stint, even without Judge, like he helped the offense definitely managed to stay afloat. Uh, but yeah, like still, just I don't know, man. This team and like there's the other guys, the the Bowers, the Calhouns, the Peraza, who's in minor league. We don't know what their future holds. Just give Peraza a chance, please. Send send Josh Donaldson. Drop him. Drop him off in the Sahara. They, they, but they, someone should fly Josh Johnson out out to the Sahara Desert, drop him off there, and let him find his way home on his own, and just like and do that, just please, and then give Peraza a chance. Like that's like how do you have this guy who was just I mean, granted he hasn't had a strong strong last couple months, but still like he has to be better than Donaldson. I mean, anyone is better than having that grumpy old. Oh yeah, he's oh yeah. I ground it out. Let me pimp my bat. Piece of shit third baseman. Like I can't stand him. No Yankee fan can stand him. Most MLB fans can't stand him. He's just a bad person. A bad. I, I'm not even gonna call him a bad player. Call him a bad player is actually a compliment to him. He is an abysmal, atrocious player who looks like he has no idea what the hell he's doing. He looks like a deer. I don't even. Just, just the worst man. Like, honestly, like I'm not even saying come make a trip. Like, you know, I, I know I was saying, oh yeah. One of mine and Otani, one of mine is Soto. But uh, my opinion, those are the only two guys you're giving up Peraza, Dominguez, or Volpe for. There's no other guys worth trading any of those prospects for. Maybe Peraza. Uh, but other than that, like, if we're not gonna do an, if we're not gonna sign Otani in the offseason, which I assume we're not, if we're not gonna trade for Soto, Volpe, Peraza, and Jason Dominguez should all be in the lineup at some point next year. Maybe Jason Dominguez doesn't start next year in the MLB. All depends on how the rest of his minor league development goes this year. But at some point, he should definitely be on the Yankees roster in 2024 if he's not traded. Let the kids play like they did in 17 and 18, man. Whew, that was a lot. I'm pissed. What can I say? I'm pissed. It's just, it is so aggravating the way this team is played. So I know what I talked about. You know, I did surprises previously when I did that last episode after the first month. One thing we talked about, the Pirates were a big surprise. Now they've fallen off. Uh, but I still have some surprises. The Rays, they're still a huge surprise. Uh, even though they have lost seven in a row, they've been a wagon of a team for most of the season. They lost their last seven entering the All-Star break. Or I think they lost seven entering the All-Star break and then won their last game uh, against the Braves. Uh, but, like, still, like, a Rosarena, he's a dog. And even though he's a Yankee killer, I can't help but like that guy because he's just so talented watching him. I mean, he was going all out in the All-Star game, do- doing, like, steals, going hard slides in the second robbing a home run randy is that guy and just he's gonna be killing the yanks for years to come until the rays trade him for another guy who's gonna end up killing the yankees for years to come just that's just how it works uh other guys who are surprises i mean like the national league is full of surprises how about the cincinnati reds who are arguably the most fun team in baseball since ellie de la cruz came up I and mean, this team is so young I've, i have literally had this team like 
losing 100 plus games this season. And yet here they are. Ellie De La Cruz has instantly spread that lineup. Matt McLean has come up and been an instant impact rookie. Spencer Steer in his second year has been great. Joey Votto, since coming back from injury, has added some you know veteran presence and leadership to that lineup. The rotation is still a big issue, but a lot of their guys are so young. Uh, that team, they're fun to watch. Jonathan India, uh, TJ Fradel. I really like this Cincy team. They're fun. And another fun young teamer. How about those Diamondbacks? I remember preseason, I really wanted to put them in. I was between them and the Phillies for my last wild card spot. I didn't pick the Diamondbacks, but I did put a future on them to make the playoffs. So that's good. And like Corbin Carroll, he's a dog. Zach Gallen, uh, he was one of my favorite pitchers coming into the season. Looks like he might win the NL Cy Young. Ludris Guerrero, Peromo. Uh, Merrick Kelly's been very good this year, the USA pitcher. And of course, now called up, Dom Canzone. Welcome to the big show. I know he's going to be contributing to this Diamondbacks team for the rest of the season. Like, good dude, Dom Canzone. Went to Ohio State, went to high school with some of my friends, a couple guys who have been guests on this show. And yeah, like, I was very hyped up for him. Just, you know, I wasn't good friends with him. I have friends from college who, again, went to high school with him, know him really well. But I knew him through proxy and just very cool seeing a guy that I know is now in the show. Just like a guy that I know, and I actually had a pretty good friendship with him, is on the plane of Wimbledon but lost early. J.J. Wolf, uh, former Ohio State Buckeye tennis player, now pro tennis player. Uh, but, yeah, like the Diamondbacks, they have some dogs on their team. Christian Walker, another one. I know he made a name for himself last year. But they look really good. I mean, especially if, if Tommy Henry can start to figure it out. That's a really, really good trio atop the rotation, especially like Merrill Kelly gained a lot of big game experience pitching the World Baseball Classic, so hopefully that comes to help them in the playoffs. I love this Diamondbacks team a lot. They're fun. The Marlins, how the hell do the Marlins have a winning record? They have a negative one differential. Luis Arias, who is just doing incredible things, like chasing 400, uh, and Jorge Soler, who is, doesn't hit for average, but just mashes the ball, are the only guys hitting. Uh, and even the rotation, like Al Sandy Alcantara has been god-awful this year after last year's Cy Young winner, Cy Young win. You would think, oh, the Marlins are doing good. Sandy Alcantara must be having another Cy Young year. No, I mean, the rotation has definitely been aided. Uh, Jose Lazardo, or Jesus Lazardo, excuse me, you know, the guy who they traded Sally Marte for, which is still one of the dumbest trades the Oakland A's have ever made, trading their top prospect for a uh, half season of Stalin Marte. One of the one reason where the A's are where exactly where they are now. He's been really good. And then this uh, rookie, he, he's they call him up. They, they they do the thing where they play with his options, send him down after a start. But Yuri Perez has been awesome for them. Like, like just really, really, really interesting this Marlins team because you look at their stats as a team. You would never think they're good, but here they are, the top wild card spot and 14 games over 500. It's crazy, man. Like, Skip Schumacher, excited to see how he does in the second half, but he's done a hell of a job managing. To this point, he's the manager of the year so far, but I'm going to get into my actual predictions for how the second half will go later. Uh, and then also the Rangers, and, like, it feels weird calling the Rangers a surprise because they're loaded with talent with Marcus Simeon, with Corey Seager, Nathaniel Lowe, Adolis Garcia, Jonah Heim, Nathan Avoldi, uh, John Gray people liked a lot. Uh, this team had a lot of talent coming into the season. But, you know, we've seen so many times where these teams, like, you know, mid-level teams throw a lot of money at players. And this happens in all sports. And these mid-level teams get stuck in mediocrity. Didn't happen for the Rangers. Like, everybody, we all forgot how great a manager Bruce Bochy is because but I don't think this team is nowhere near, near successful without the hiring of Bruce Bochy. Obviously, three-time World Series champion, his first coming over the Texas Rangers. Uh, and now just, like, 
leading this team, the manager of this team, where if DeGrom wasn't hurt, I would definitely have the Rangers winning the American League. Uh, even, even with that, and they still have a great chance to win the American League, especially if Avoldi pitches in the postseason the way he did in the 18 playoffs, the way he's done all season. If John Gray can continue to be an elite, elite number two, like, this Rangers team is fun. They have dogs. They're really damn good. I like. They're one of the best teams in baseball. I think that they honestly could have a good core for a few years. And it's all money too. Like for them, it wasn't. Pro- outside of Josh Jung, it really hasn't been prospects either. Like they literally built their team similar to how the Phillies did. And then the Orioles. Like yeah, they're an American League East rival, but they're just a fun team. They had higher expectations this year than like they have in the last seven years, eight years, nine years, ten years. They've been bad for a long time, the Orioles. But they've been unbelievable this year, exceeding expectations. People thought, okay, this is the year where the Orioles compete for a playoff spot. Maybe like kind of like how last year they're hanging around. They're in there in September. They just miss out. They just miss out in October. Maybe they make that sixth wild card spot. But no, here they are looking like, I mean, they've been up there as like a top five team in baseball record-wise pretty much all season long. And, and the offense is just great. I mean, Cedric Mullins is awesome. Aaron Hicks, I hate that guy, but he's been hitting extremely well since going over to Baltimore. Uh, Gunnar Henderson has been awesome as a rookie. Adley Rushman is everything that he's been advertised to be. Uh, they have some issues in the rotation, especially Grayson Rodriguez did not come up and dominate. But Taylor Wells has pitched extremely well. Same with Kyle Bradish and, you know, Kyle Gibson. It's been just fine for them. Uh, overall, though, I mean, this team, like, they still, they, did, they just caught up a couple of their other, other prospects. Uh, give me a second to look up their names. I believe uh, Cower, like the one guy, like Cowman or something. I don't know. His last name has something to do with a cow. Give me a second. I'm pulling up, pulling up the Orioles roster. Uh, oh, they, like even so, like this is just this year's Orioles team. Like they have some dudes in the minors. Jackson Holiday. Now, look, if you're listening to this show, you probably watch Matt Holiday play. You probably watch Matt Holiday play, and you remember him. Like they have his son, who's just apparently just tearing the cover off the ball in the minor leagues. Uh, oh, not to mention their bullpen. How about Felix Bautista, who's been one of the best closers in baseball this year, along with Yenier Cano, who's easily been the best setup man in baseball. Just an incredible season for him. Jordan Westberg, that's the kid I'm thinking of. Jordan Westberg coming up to beat the third baseman now. Uh, while Gunnar Henderson, I think, is probably made at shortstop full-time. Colton Kowser, that's the, uh, that's the other guy who I'm thinking of. So, yeah, man, they have some young talent, and there's still plenty in their farm system. They're going to be good for a while until they need to pay these guys and then trade them all away. But they're going to be like, look, Yankees, the AL East has always been a tough division. The Rays and the Orioles are only getting better. you got to be getting better too. And I don't just mean through signing guys, trying to sign guys or throw your money at problems. Develop players for once. That's not just Aaron Judge. You know, I've been ranting a lot about the Yankees. Uh, there have been a lot of other teams who have really let down. Uh, Toronto, honestly, kind of just as bad as we are. Toronto, people are, okay, yeah, maybe this year they can compete for the AL East. Oh, yeah, last year was the letdown year. This will be the bounce-back year for Toronto. Kind of still a letdown for them this year. They've really been just as bad as we have with a few blowout losses, uh, not playing as well as their roster. But I feel the way their guys have performed this year, I feel like they're all, they have, their offense looks like it's a much better chance of turning it around. And the Astros, too, like, they're only one game better than the Yankees. Now, they've also had their plurethra of injuries. Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez, their two best hitters, have been out for a while. Lance McCullers has been out for is, is out, been out for the entire season. I believe he got Tommy John surgery, so he's going to miss a lot of time. I mean, they're relying on, like, two rookies, J.P. France, 
Hunter Brown, and Brandon Bielek. Not really a big-name guy at all. Now, three of those guys, of course, are somehow pitching well enough for this Astros team to hold a flow because they just have that pitching lab. But, like, Valdez and Christian Javier just as good a one-two punch as there is in baseball. Cardinals, same thing. Like, they were doing bad in, at the end of April. They're still doing bad. <sighs> they, are, they are in trouble, man, because I don't know what their solution is. But then there's other teams, you know, because they were my World Series pick, to me, remember? I was like, you know, everyone's going to go Braves. Everyone's going to go Dodgers. Everyone's going to go Mets. Everyone's going to go Padres. I'll go Cardinals. And, oof, yeah, we don't want to talk about that. But other teams, too, like the Mets and the Padres, like, they've been so bad. The Mets, okay, like, at first it's, okay, their payroll's so high. Verlander, Scherzer, Senga, Alonzo, how can they be bad? But you look at the guys, okay, none of those guys outside of Alonzo uh, have really, outside of Alonzo, or, I mean, Scherzer and Verlander are old. You know, as good as they, they are, as good as they've been throughout their careers, at any point they can hit that aging wall. It's just a matter of the fact. That's always how I feel with pitchers, but baseball players who are, like, 35 and above. Clearly, they both, especially Verland, looks like he's hit a bit of a wall this season. And, you know, he missed the beginning with injury. I mean, Alonzo's been great for them, but McNeil's let down. And McNeil was always an average guy. So with average guys, as we learned with D.J. LeMahieu, they're never always going to stay the same. Uh, Lindor, you know, Lindor's not been the same player ever since he came to the Mets. Uh, Nimmo's been fine. But, yeah, this Mets offense has just been horrible. The bullpen's been awful. And, yeah, they're disa- – and I don't know how the Padres are bad. Like, Soto – uh, Bogarts, Tatis. I mean, Soto and Tatis are playing out of their minds this year. Machado, Cronenworth. Somehow they're bad. It seems like it seems like outside of Soto and Tatis, none of this contributed to that offense. Hater's been one of the best closers in baseball too. Like, it's weird. They have a positive run differential. I don't really get how the Padres are bad. Like, I can definitely see them turning around in the second half. All right. Uh, that's about it for first half recap. Let's go and do my mid-season predictions. So American League, so we're gonna say American League East. I had the Yankees beginning. Ugh. I had. Ugh. So I had the Yankees win the American League East beginning of the season. That's not happening. I think the Rays are gonna win the American League East. Said Guardians before the season. Uh, they're still gonna win it. Now I still think they're gonna win it. Uh, I just think they are. I just think that they're better than the Twins. They've gotten their way there. I think Cleveland like. They're going to win the AL Central. Them, they just got back to around 500. I feel like for them, they're going to have a much stronger second half, especially just as now a guy like Bo Naylor is coming and playing for them. AL West, I think the Astros are going to win it. You know, I know they're, them and the Rangers are in a good battle, but I think the Astros are just going to get really hot in the second half. Uh, winning the NL East, the Braves, just come on. I said Cardinals NL Central beginning of the season, along with the World Series. I'm going with the Reds. Like, I'm so, a leader of this Reds team. They play with so much energy, so much athleticism. They're so fast on the bases. They have a good mix of average and power. Uh, I'm definitely worried about their rotation, but I like the the Reds to win a week NL Central. NL West, I still have the Dodgers winning it. Uh, wild cards, I have the Orioles, the Rangers, and the Blue Jays making it. Uh, you know, the Orioles and the Rangers replaced the Yankees and the Twins that I had previously. And in the NL, I have the Phillies, the Giants, and the Diamondbacks making it. And the Giants and Diamondbacks in instead of the Mets and the Padres. So, yeah, that is my updated MLB postseason predictions. Uh, World Series. Like, World Series. I'm going with Braves over Rays. 
I just don't see anyone that can stop this Braves team. But also, I feel like anytime we say I don't see anyone who can stop this team, that team usually ends up losing, like the NLDS. They're just loaded from top to bottom. Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, Orlando Arcia. They haven't missed a beat with Danji Swanson leaving. Uh... Uh, obviously, Rodney Cunha Jr. is going to be the MVP this year. Sean Murphy, who has finally broken out as that young catching prospect that he was expected to be. Austin Riley, uh, Spencer Strider, and Bryce Elder are going to top that rotation. And Max Fried has been out pretty much all the season. Max Fried is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Like When he comes back, that's going to be such a boost for that Atlanta rotation. That threesome is going to be very scary. Plus, you have Charlie Morton. Kyle Wright might be coming back. And Mike Soroka is finally back from injury. Like If Soroka can recapture that 19 magic... I mean, the Braves might have, like, a legitimate good six-man rotation. They're going to win the World Series. I think that they'll beat the Rays. Uh, I just think that this Rays team will be able to put together in the playoffs that they haven't been able the last few years just to get to that World Series. Uh, and, yeah, like, this Rays team, they just feel like the most put-together team in the American League. I would have picked the Rangers had DeGrom been healthy, but I just, I don't know, I feel like they're missing a true ace. And uh, McCallahan's hurt now, so that, uh, I mean, I feel like that guy's always hurt, but I just feel like, if the Rays are healthy, because I definitely do have my concerns with their injuries. Obviously, Ross Moosen's out. Jeffrey Springs looked like he was going to be one of the best underrated. He was going to be a breakout pitcher this year before getting Tommy John. Uh, the key for them is getting Ross Moosen back uh, because I think it forced some of uh, McCallahan, Ross Moosen, Elfin, and Glasnow. If Glasnow can be Glasnow, is just the best for some rotation in, in the American League because... Braves has something to say about all the MLB. Uh, MVP awards. Uh, just going to go through. like So before, so I said in the preseason it was going to be Otani and Mookie Betts as uh, my MVPs. Still have Otani. That's self-explanatory. I mean, that guy's going to win the MV- should win the MVP every day for the rest of the time. Because, I mean, he literally may break Aaron Judge's home run record a year after Aaron Judge said it. And I'm not going to lie. I don't want to break it. I want Aaron Judge to hold that record. I mean, I saw a dumb tweet that was... Uh, if Shohei Otani hits 60 home runs, will it be a better season than Aaron Judge's season last year? So Shohei Otani's season in 2021 was better than Aaron Judge's 2022 season. Aaron Judge's season last season was one of the best offensive seasons of all time. But Shohei Otani, like, his overall season, just better. I mean, Shohei Otani, it is unhuman what that guy does. It's, goddamn, I, I, I love Otani. He's such a sick player. I want to be a Yankee so bad. I know he's not going to be. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to win. If he goes to the National League, he'll be winning National League MVPs for the next few years. So, Acuna Jr., you're doing great things, buddy. But you got you to gotta keep, you keep your hold. Keep your hold for the NL MVP because this might be your last chance to win one if Otani comes to the National League. Cy Young, I said Otani would win it. In the, I thought Otani was going to have a crazy, crazy year. I picked him in the preseason along with Corbin Burns. Now I'm going with Zach Gallen, who was my sleeper pick. Who I, I was like, you know what? I might bet on Zach Gallen. He probably has good odds. Then he was plus 1,200. I go, I thought he would be plus 2,000. The same shit happened to me last year at Sandy Alcantara, too, where I was like, you know, that's not good enough value for Sandy Alcantara. Should have taken it. Should have taken uh, Zach Gallen also. And I think Garrett Cole is going to win it. Finally, finally, I, I don't pick Garrett Cole in the preseason. I've done that ever since he's been a Yankee. And then he's been pitching like the Cy Young favorite the first half of the season. Uh, he started the All-Star game yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, like, I think he's going to win the American League Cy Young. I truly do. Uh, hope he does. Like, it'd be nice to have some sort of nice thing happen this year. Uh, rookie of the years. I mean, I said Corbin Carroll looking good. I mean, Corbin Carroll, stud, stud, and stud. He's so damn good, and I love watching him play. That's why I like this Diamondbacks team a lot. 
Only guy who can steal from him is Ellie De La Cruz, and Ellie De La Cruz legitimately could steal that uh, that rookie of the year from him because Ellie De La Cruz has been that special. But I don't think he's going to just because of how how good Corbin Carroll has been throughout the entire season. And in the American League, I had Anthony Volpe. All bias. All bias. I had to. It's going to be Josh Jung. I mean, maybe Yoshida from uh, Boston. He's been hitting very well. Gets on base at a high clip. But Josh Jung just hits the ball well for a pretty decent average and has been leads all, rookie, all, all American League rookies in home runs. Yeah, I like Josh Jung to win it. Managers of the year, uh, I'm going to say it's going to be Brian Price because I have, I have the Marlins missing the playoffs. If the Marlins make the playoffs, it's going to be Skip Schumacher easily. But right now I have it being Brian Price just because I think the Reds are going to make it, and I just think they're going to win the NL Central, and that team is just such a fun young team where, I mean, they were expected to lose. I mean, the Marlins at least came into the season. People were like, sneaky, sneaky. No one. Nobody saw the Reds coming again. I think I think most people had them losing well under a hundred games. I don't remember what their win loss total was before the season. I, I'm almost positive I took their under though, so it's not gonna hit. And yeah, that's it for talking MLB. Holy shit, we went on for a long time about the MLB. Uh, honestly, like not much to talk about here with the other sports. Like just Knicks. Like Knicks made okay moves in the off season. I like the Dante Divincenzo signing a lot. I think you know the way he's. A great defender. He disrupts passing lanes. He gets in, uh, gets his hands on balls. He's a very great defender. He's a great shooter, which was something that we were clearly missing last year. And he has good ball handling skills. But also, I question the trade of Obi Toppin. Now, look, I'm not one of those guys who thinks Obi Toppin's going to be the stud. Like, oh, my God, he's going to be so good, Obi Toppin. I think a lot of Knicks fans think he's going to be like a 25-point-per-game kind of guy. He's simply not. I think his peak is like 12 or 13 points per game. But I, I think he was worth more than just two second-round picks. Trading him for nothing, like... Why? Like, and now we just lose those minutes. Uh, like, what, what are you gonna do? Are we gonna have a bench now with uh, three guys who are under six four, and then uh, Isaiah Hartenstein? No, this team they need a stretch for as a uh, one more. They need one more piece. They need a stretch for. Don't really know what, if they're gonna play. If they're gonna address that, what they're planning to address it is. Uh, by the way, like I'm not mad about the Knicks offseason. Overall, I liked it. I just questioned the Obi move for just trading him for nothing. Like absolutely nothing. I didn't, fuck, I ended that a little late. Uh, Damian Lillard, James Harden, they're going to land somewhere, honestly. Like, I used to love this NBA trade drama, but now I just hate the way this shit drags on. I remember years ago, every day I was looking at Kawhi Leonard news, Kawhi Leonard news, Kawhi Leonard news. Uh, LeBron James news, LeBron James news. This is when he was a free agent, though, LeBron. Uh, Every day looking at Russell Westbrook news, James Harden news when they were both in Houston together. Uh, Looking for Kyrie news, even. Yeah, just so just like... This, though, I just, I'm not, I just don't have the mental energy to follow Dame, who's one of my favorite players of all time, uh, doing this. I mean, honestly, like, he might be my favorite player in the league, Damian Lillard. Like, he's always been up there. Sick guy. Uh, Celtics, I'm honestly, like, the Celtics trade was honestly a very interesting trade because Porzingis is a great fit for them. Uh, and when they made that initial trade and they just lost Broaden, I was like, wow, that's an unbelievable deal. Not sure entirely how much, like, I, I, I still think they're, they're going to be a really good team next year, one of the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. But they lost two of their key wing defenders, Marcus Smart, not just a key wing defender, but Marcus Smart was like one of the heart and souls of that team. Losing a guy like that in the locker room, it has a huge, huge impact. And then Grant Williams. Now, I'm not a fan of Grant Williams, but like I do acknowledge he's a good defender, Very you know plays very good on the perimeter, uh, can you know r- really, really clamp down on the perimeter at times. Uh, 
And, like, the the price number he went at was not very high to Dallas. Boston could have easily matched that offer and brought him back. And, like, I'm just surprised they didn't because even though they got Porzingis, Porzingis isn't the best defender, and they lost two pretty key defenders of their piece, two key guys in their rotation. But, again, they're going to be there. It's just it was an interesting trade for sure. Uh, NFL talk, man, I'm just – I'm just ready for the season to begin. I just, I miss this. I miss football. I miss football so, so much. I really do. Uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley, though, I really don't care. Uh, sorry, I was hit one of my clips by accident. Uh, see, that's probably what you guys just heard. Uh, either way, like, I don't want Saquon back. Don't re-sign him. <laughs> I literally saw an ESPN yesterday. Developing story. Saquon and John, Saquon wants to reach a long-term deal with the Giants. And there's that an impasse. I go, or developing story. I go, really? I thought that's been a developing story since March. Like, I, I saw the red graphic on ESPN. I saw Saquon. I go, no, don't tell me we re-signed him. Uh, yeah, so just, just, give me, just give me football, man. Please, please, please. I literally... If you, I don't know if you, this this might pick some of the TV audio. I don't think it does, but I have NFL Network on in the background. I've had so much NFL Network on in the background recently, just watching old games, listening to old games while I work, just getting excited for the season, man. Although when I say recently, I'd probably say a couple weeks ago because last last week I've been so locked into Wimbledon and I follow tennis loosely. But this one tournament's been awesome, man. It has been so good, so great. Lots of big upsets. Uh, Lots of good matches coming out of the third set, the fifth set, and overall just what an awesome Wimbledon this has been. And it was awesome to do a podcast again. Look, guys, it's been a while. Again, I know it's, it's just been very hard to keep up with podcasting, to be honest. I don't know if I'm going to be able to – it's going to be a little hard to continue this every week. But until next, I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna drop episodes as I can. And once the NFL season starts, I'm going to try to be as frequent as I can. I'll probably do an NFL preview show. My ne- that will probably be my next show, honestly, is an NFL preview show. Uh, just realistically, maybe MLB, maybe if the Yankees make a big trade, I'll do an emergency episode. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Again, I want to thank everybody for supporting the podcast thus far. Remember, go follow the Bird's Eye View podcast on Instagram for all my latest episode releases. Go follow Jay Bird's Eye View on Twitter for all my latest reactions to news, sports, or whatever, along with me being a reply guy. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.